Hello, welcome to Nerd News Now for July 12th, 2021. Uh-oh, it's just me and Brainy today. Brainy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing uh, okay. Um, there's a lot of comics, movies, and TV shows out there. But then there's even more life stuff, like work, school, and uh, life stuff. So exactly. it's uh, it gets hard to balance all this, right? Yep. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I know exactly how you feel, man. It, it just gets to the point where it's like, <laughs> you know, you got to try to muster in some sleep in there once in a while. Yeah, that's the part that uh, that gets me is just the uh, I used to be very particular about when I sleep, like, oh, I should stay awake and sleep at this point and sleep this long. Now I just take sleep when I can get it. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's just one of those things where it's just this. uh and and it's probably a law of diminishing returns, but uh, because I've tried to been combating uh, science for years and years, they've always said you can't catch up on sleep. So that's like kind of my life's goal is to prove them wrong. Oh, how's that working out? Because I know I feel. Oh, not well. <laughs> yeah, not well because like it's like oh I'm so behind on sleep. I've slept like six hours the last seven days. So then I'll try to grab like a sixteen hour chunk. And you just feel horrible. <laughs> it's so horrible. You you feel more tired after that freaking sixteen hour sleep than you did before you actually went for it. <laughs> you really, yeah, you really do. Um, so Miss Jen's not here, but uh, did you get a special visit from her this week? Well, she did visit one of the worst stores in LA. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she uh, she came by. I didn't even know she was going to be in LA, but you know, she came by. Uh, we were making plans, and she suggested, hey, I'll come visit your store. I want to see it. I'm like, great, perfect. So, yeah, she came down. We hung out for a little while and met her husband for the first time. And um, yeah, we chit-chatted. And You know how it goes when we chit-chat. A 10-minute conversation is a big three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, she'll be back next week. She's actually traveling back from L.A. now. And uh, Kyle is also not joining us so uh best wishes to him he'll be back i'm sure um so it's just you and me what uh what did you do in the realm of nerdum this week uh let's see I, i'm still trying to catch up on community um but that's kind of become a hold uh pattern right now you know i, I, I started binging it then one day my son walks by he pauses looks at the tv pauses a little bit longer, sits down on the couch, and now we're basically binging it together. So now I have to work the whole thing around with his schedule instead of just mine. <laughs> so that that's on pause. Um, I started watching Harley Quinn. I, I don't know if you've watched that uh, on uh, HBO Max yet. It, yeah, seemed... actually, <laughs> I watched it back when HBO Max was called DC Universe. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so that no, that was one of their uh, that was one of their absolute best shows. Uh, really dig the animation style on that. Of course, you have all the Harley Quinn and Ivy shippers, and for good reason, I might add. I think they do a really good job building that up um, over the couple seasons they got. But uh, that's a really good show. But it's kind of wild, right? I mean, even for something called HBO Max. You just don't really expect that veracity from a cartoon. <laughs> Correct. I mean, even though, you know, nowadays uh, comic book related cartoons or animation is going, uh, you know, uh, really extreme. But you don't expect, especially for a Harley book, you know, Harley did start off as a, one of the Batman adventure characters. And you don't expect it to be as uh, vulgar and as, um, you know, violent as it, that it is. But, you know, it, it works. It works for the show. It works for... The way they did it, it, it's a decently written show, at least. Um, one of the things I like about it is it, it's not a series. It is actually, you know, you're watching an episode and it's done. Yeah, you know, sometimes it goes to two episodes, but beyond that, it's it's everything self-contained, which is a great thing. Yeah, and the uh, the voice acting is impeccable. I, I really love the voice acting. I was I was surprised how well uh kelly kuko did in that show i said her name really fast because i never know how to pronounce her <laughs> last <laughs> name it's like is it coco is it coco is it coco but uh you know from big bang theory everyone knows her as penny from that and 
she does just a really good an inflection of tone when voicing Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn's sort of been stereotyped in this high pitch, like almost like squeal type voice. And she kind of stays away from that and just has a normal conversations and um, give some, you know, very good aside moments and some Shakespearean type stuff, you know, on, on the level at which that show will go deep. (laughs) You know, it's still, still crazy. Uh, The biggest surprise to me is, uh, Ron Funches as uh, King Shark. That's probably <laughs> that's, that's my my biggest pleasure out of that show. Is but now I want him to voice King Shark and everything forever. That's exactly. it's like the Suicide Squad movie coming up, the game coming up. I just wish that they would just hand that uh, the fin over to Ron Funches and just let him do that all day. <laughs> in, in fact, you know they should take the the cast for this show and you know make make a movie out of that i, I think they would do all, all do a good job uh, well, i'm not sure how well um uh, kaylee would do as a harley being you know so athletic but you never know you never know yeah um that'd be that'd be interesting i i could have seen them doing like a live action version of that on that a crossover um what was the there was the show on nbc about three years ago and it actually had Ron Funches on it. There was a DC show. Um but it but it was about the insurance office. Like basically like the how superhero insurance was you know a big cost obviously but also important in the realm of superheroes. And now I'm blanking on the name of the show. But I yeah. believe I believe speaking of to tie it all back to community, I believe Danny Putty was on that also. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really good show and I'm surprised no one's picked that up, not necessarily to continue it, but at least just to show it to people because it was like a a, a Parks and Rec office type style comedy, but set in the DC universe. And on the what ended up being the season finale on the series finale they even had uh they they tied it all to Lex Luthor. So oh it was highly entertaining. Um so I take it you did not subscribe to DC Universe when it was more than comics. No, <laughs> but uh, I I did not. It wasn't a, it wasn't something that, again, you know, like you mentioned earlier, life gets in the way and when you're spending what fifteen dollars a month on a subscription, you gotta make sure you're gonna be able to watch it. And I just you know, I did not see myself being able to watch it as much as I wanted to. Uh, well, and, and here's the thing: it was uh, all this stuff adds up, right? So eight, it was eight dollars. But again, all this stuff adds up. I understand. I think uh, I don't even want to tally how much I spent on streaming services. But I think I, I've counted it out to you guys. I don't know if you were there or not, but on Nerd News now, I've counted it out before, uh, at least once a year, just to sort of like make myself accountable for how many streaming services I have. Um, and it's usually about ten. the The one thing I don't, the one thing I don't subscribe to, and I'll stick to this for the rest of my life, is uh, dog TV. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't, I just don't understand. Like people think I'm joking. No, it's real. And it's like, and it's like a higher tier one. It's like twelve ninety nine a month. Right. I, I agree with you. I don't see why anybody uh, would want to subscribe to it, but they must have subscribers if they've lasted this long. Uh, I think I'm yeah, I'm gonna convince Kyle to get you a subscription to Doc TV. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna be some uh, doing some dog sitting later in the summer, and uh, maybe I'll uh, go ahead and sign up for that seven day trial. You never know. I, I gotta see. I gotta see what's going on there. <laughs> Let's see if my dog likes watching Dog TV. I doubt she does. Maybe she just uh, she's she's uh, she's old, so she just wants to lay around now. Well, they have. Does your dog like fireworks? Um, she stayed under the table during Fourth of July, but I, I think that's more of she just wants to be left alone now. She doesn't, you know. Yeah. Yes, she does not really care for fireworks. Oh, we're I'm in luck. Uh, dog TV has a seven day trial, so there's my next uh, sociological <laughs> experiment. No, I, I was I was saying one. I think all dogs are scared of fireworks. I'm scared of fireworks. Uh, there was a lot more fireworks accidents this year than I can remember. 
And I don't know if it's because you had a combination of people being pent up and then also forgetting how dangerous there are. Um, but it was uh, pretty harrowing to watch, to, to see all of the uh, the different accidents um, that there were. I mean, but what I was going to say is right before 4th of July, Dog TV had a promotion going on where they're like, hey, sign up for your trial. We're going to teach your dog how to not be scared of fireworks. Okay. And I'm just like that. I'm like, that has to be some sort of false claim. But apparently they had like sit downs with dog psychiatrists and therapists and and sort of like, I guess, video of fireworks going off to try to get your dog acclimated. But that's not the problem. The problem is. Uh, dogs don't really understand where the sound is coming from. Right. You can't go, hi, uh, family pet. We're going to be watching the next MCU movie, Black Widow. Uh, as you know, dog, we have a surround sound. So any big booms you hear when Scarlett Johansson's running away from an explosion, that's what it is. So, okay, Mark, there's, that's not a thing that happens. <laughs> like, I don't, and dogs have such a short-term memory. I'm sure you've seen all kinds of cartoons and comics that have, like, you know, the, the owner leaves and comes back and they think they've been gone for seven years or whatever, you know. So it's like dogs are not going to remember fireworks bad. OK, got it. No. Yep, exactly. OK. And I don't think dog TV is uh, going to help. Oh, also, uh, it's down to a reasonably priced $9.99 a month now. Or you can just go all in for 12 months for 85 So there we go. That's a. Uh, uh, this episode of Nerd News Now brought to you by Dog TV. We really should try to get a sponsorship with them because who else is going to? <laughs> like and, and I think we've talked about it what at least two or three episodes. So that that's got to that's got to qualify for at least. Yeah. Well, I'm just look. I'm fascinated by it because it's like it's a mainstream streaming service for what? Like what is what is this? Like someone out there was like I I have my million dollar idea and it's dog tv i'm just gonna stream for dogs it's gonna be like netflix but for dogs and someone was like but you know they have an animal friendly section on most of the streaming services but it's you don't understand i'm every fourth of july i'm gonna have therapists come on and tell the dogs to chill out right oh okay i'll back you on this (laughs) i think we can make a real real difference here um Yeah, interestingly enough, um, I think we might be the only freaking crazy enough nation to have dog therapists. Uh, You think (laughs) so? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know, because people used to build pyramids for cats. So I don't know. Who who knows about that? But I don't we're definitely not the only country that uh, puts a lot of pets above people, unfortunately. I come from a country where you know cows are considered sacred, but you know that that's old, 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 old tradition that you don't get away from. Yeah. Um, but to actually have therapists for your pet—that's. Uh, I think science has proven enough that dogs are not going to understand what a therapist is talking about. Yeah. Uh, they are they are extremely intelligent, and we just don't realize it. And you know, they're just they're they're the dolphins of the land. I don't know. I doubt it, but uh, I, I don't see a need for a therapist, at least not a mental therapist. Maybe a physical therapist, that's a different story. Right, and and I think there's a different level between that and someone like Caesar Milan, who's like the dog whisperer, because he obviously knows how to manipulate, like what a dog is thinking. Different than, different than like a therapist, like um, – in the sense that this is for the training purposes for the humans to make everyone's life better. Like, Hey, you keep yelling at your dog to do that. But really what you need to do is this, because this is how dogs interpreting that situation. So if you took it like a few steps further and maybe got like a tiny dog sized couch, maybe I would believe in pet therapy, but I think it would just stop at training. I, I wanted to, it drives me insane when I can't think of something pop culture related. So I just wanted to recommend this show to you and everyone else. It was powerless and it aired way back on, uh, in 2017 um, on MB on NBC. So that, that would actually be, uh, Marvel, uh, powerless because Marvel actually had a book 
called Powerless. Oh, well, this was DC, though. This, really? This was DC. Oh, yeah. This was DC That's Universe. Um, it starred Vanessa Hudgens, Danny Putty, uh, Ron Funches, and Alan Tudyk. So nice. this is yet another. Alan Tudyk is like fingerprints all over the DC Universe right now. I don't know if you've seen Doom Patrol yet. But that's on HBO Max now, and I highly recommend that one. Um, yeah, and it was just about, like, the life of insurance salesmen. Like, they covered – that's what they did. They covered insurance um, incidents and, and requests uh, that were from the af- aftermath of superheroes and supervillains. <laughs> that is cool. It's, I, I, it's really I funny. I watch that. Um, yeah, if you're interested in things like that, I don't know if you read online comic books, but there is one called Evil Incorporated, where basically being evil is a business as opposed to, you know, just being a supervillain. So they made a business out of it. A very interesting uh, take on, uh, you know, basically pulling off highs, hiring henchmen and stuff like that. I see a lot of similarities in Harley Quinn to that, uh, or the Legion of Doom and Harley Quinn as well. So yeah, if you're interested, check that out. Yeah, I... um. I will check that one out. Uh, it's just, it's funny that that show, I think that show probably came out like four years too early that the the DC Powerless that I was referring to because it's like, it was so different and I think people would appreciate that more now. But it's also, I think a Marvel version would be more successful just because of how everything is built up. Um, now, just two quick things. Uh just to see how this next 20 minutes goes, uh, did you get to see Black Widow, and ha- are you caught up on Loki? Um, I did not. Uh, I'm I'm still on the fence over there. I want to go watch it or wait till October until it's released on um, Disney+. Plus. You know, uh-huh. I, going back to our original conversation, there is just so much life to do right now that... Uh, uh, that becomes one of the sacrifices we make, uh, you know, being able to watch it. And I, I also look at it from the perspective with that if I go, I got to take my family with me. Um, and whenever, you know, it was an old tradition between my, myself and my brothers. And we, we go there and my cousin, uh, we go there every, you know, we go there as a, always go there together. So it just it ends up being a very costly event for us. Um, and with, you know, with COVID being what it is right now, I don't know if we want to pack ourselves in with all these uh, other people in a theater and, you know, some of them just being crazy and stuff. So. Uh, I'm I'm reluctant to go watch it in theater right now. Now, did you ever ponder just paying the thirty for the premiere access? I did. Um, so you know, I, I justified paying the thirty in in the manner where if I watch it, my kids watch it, my wife watches. It, that's only you know, seven fifty a person. Um, but we're supposed to, you know, we have a few movies that we watch uh, basically family night or uh, whatnot. Uh, we're waiting for Luca which came out about a month ago or whatever on, uh, or was available on Disney plus a month ago. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen it. I'm still waiting for the family to get to watch that. Yeah. Um, what was it? The dragon, um, Ryan, the last dragon. No, no, that no. Was... We, we did. We actually finally watched that like two months that, after. Okay. Um, it, it's, um, it's basically the Aladdin of, um, Oh my God, I forgot what it is. Netflix has it. it's a new one. It's basically Aladdin, um, yeah. Except it being a genie, it's a dragon uh, that's in a in a. I don't know if he's in a pot or if he's in a. Huh, I think he was in a pot. But anyway, it's basically Aladdin being retold. So what you know, watch that with the family? I have heard of that one. The name is slipping my mind. Yeah, um, it's absolutely slipping my mind. But whenever anyone says anything, well, that movie's just like this one, I just go, uh, take the script for Pocahontas and scratch the name out and write Avatar. Right. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the the people that fueled like the three billion dollars behind Avatar or whatever, they didn't care that it was the uh, the essentially the same movie. But also, you would think that people now, I mean, every time someone starts a sentence with you would think it already means that i know why and i'm already frustrated right but what i was going to say is you would think that people now would understand okay it might be the same movie but the people putting on that story didn't look like the other people putting on that story and it's not for you it's for a new audience 
Exactly. And I and I think that's that's been happening a lot, and and it it just awakens the the whoever's on the internet that gets mad at this type of stuff. They just go full throttle on Twitter and throw around the terms like you know if you go woke you go broke and stuff like that. It's like that's no, it's there. There's a difference between um telling the same story three times and telling the same story three times in a different way and right. i think that they, i think that now people are making productions where they're doing that you know <laughs> and, and, and that, yeah that that's the same thing you know that's the same comparison we make between uh, marvel comics and marvel um universe the, the movie it's it's we under, we understand that you know take Infinity Gauntlet as or whatever um, Infinity did they call it Infinity War right if I remember correctly yeah like, uh, Infinity War if you're a comic book guy that's a completely different story uh, oh, they yeah. took basically Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War combined it together um, made it completely different but the movie is a another interpretation of the same story it's just being told a little bit different same thing with Walking Dead you know. It started off the same, but he took a different path on the television show than um, he did with the comic book. It's basically a similar story, but being told in a different manner. So, uh, I, you know, you can say Hamlet is, uh, or, you know, we've always said Lion King is uh, Disney's version of Hamlet. Nobody can argue that. I mean, it, it's, it basically is the same story being told through a different medium, different uh, style. So I agree with you 100%. We just have to take into, we just have to accept that we can tell a story in different manners. Somebody else might just, you know, look at picking up a spoon one way and another person might look at it a different way. That's about it, right? Right, and and speaking of uh, Shakespeare and being retold through a different lens in a million different ways, I can't wait for the Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand Macbeth, <laughs> directed by one of the Coen brothers. That's gonna be awesome. So. Yeah, there's and there's so much media out there. Look, I do understand if someone has just such an infatuation with one character and they're like, if they make a movie about this character, they got to get it right. But here's the thing. Uh, a lot of the times people's favorite character is Superman or Spider-Man. And how many shots have they got at the big screen? A bunch. <laughs> so it's just like, OK, like I saw someone and no spoilers for you, but I saw someone write uh you know, uh, the Black Widow movie does to Taskmaster what Wolverine Origins did to Deadpool. And I was just like, oh, I'm done with the Internet for a month. No way. <laughs> no, no one, no, nothing on Earth can ever do anything equivalent of what Wolverine Origins did to the Deadpool character. But you know what? Even though that happened and we had to sit through that pain, uh, there's no other word for it. I mean, that was pretty awful. Um, we got Deadpool movies out of it, so <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the same yeah. actor as well. So they can't, you know, they can't say it was Ryan Reynolds that screwed it up. So well, and, and and that's part of why it happened, I think, because he was so fervent about like, hey, I want to make this right for all the people that felt <laughs> exactly. wrong. But it's silly to you know, first world problem, right? To to feel wronged by a movie, but a lot of people did, and they probably felt even more so with uh the Green Lantern movie, also Ryan Reynolds, uh, the reoccurring theme in that equation. Interestingly enough, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't think it sucked as bad as the internet made it sound like it sucked. I, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a good movie. It was a movie where you can watch it and say, eh, at least I watched it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad. Uh, but I think the internet just made it much, much worse than what it really was, in my opinion, at least. Uh, oh, it did, but it was still pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so let me mention a couple of uh, non-Black Widow spoiler things. We'll just talk more about the news aspect, the movie aspect of it, the impact that the movie made. Um, but also, right after that, I would like to talk about Loki. Are you caught up on Loki? Oh, yeah. Loki, okay. definitely caught up. All right. So let me just uh, go through this movie news there's not too much going on today but so black widow uh i can't remember if it had two or three official release dates and they both got wiped out from COVID, right and so 
even people like even Miss Jen said, well, I just, I feel like I've seen the movie because I've seen the trailer 27 times and the interest was there last year. It's not here this year. Uh, so it made 80 million, which is already a pandemic record. Of course, our favorite franchise series, uh, Fast and Furious, number nine. I think it made like 70 its first weekend. Yep. Um, but for the first time. Disney Plus or Disney released the information about Disney Plus regarding the premiere access because they had not mentioned this for the previous movies like Ryan the Last Dragon and like Cruella that had that $30 fee where you can get it and watch as much as you want until it eventually releases, you know, for being for all the other Disney Plus subscribers. Uh, would you care to guess? So $30 price tag on this. Would you care to guess? how many millions it made just based off that 60 million okay well either you looked it up or you had the best guess of all time uh, yeah. either way is fine i got the uh, news this morning <laughs> so so if you add those two together that's 140 million yep. now spider-man away from home made because it's the easiest comparison because it was like the last marvel movie before pre-pandemic to be released uh spider-man far from home made 93 million so Black Widow dwarfs that with 140 million. Um, you almost wonder what would have happened like pre-pandemic, but now it's a whole new world, so it doesn't really matter, right? But wow, that's pretty impressive to me. Um, oh, go ahead. Here's two other things to consider for that. Uh, the thirty dollars. Um, look at it from the perspective, like I mentioned earlier. For me, it's four people. Uh, let's just assume, you know, it's always it's four people, you know, parents and two kids watching it. Um, so we're talking about 60 million, you know, divided by 30, that's uh, 2 million people, right? Or 2 million households. Yes. Um, so that's 8 million people. That can also be multiplied if they watched it more than once. If, if, if they were going to the theater, they would have to pay their whatever, $15, $10, whatever, yeah. uh, each time they went. So that's, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, it might, it might be more successful than what we've seen in the past. Uh, where we've we've counted ticket sales, it's always been about dollar and ticket sales. In this case, that gets divided up with, you know, people watching it at home. And you know, there are always friends coming down. Hey, I'm I'm you know I'm renting the movie. Come on down, we'll watch it. So it's not always just one person paying that thirty dollars. It's always multiple people watching that thirty dollars. Um, so that that's 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 another thing to uh, take in consideration. The, the movie might have done better than what we what the numbers are really saying it did. Yeah, as far as like the long term impact and how, you know, many views it got, I think it probably will. Um, I would say the cool thing about making the Disney Premier Access purchase is you can watch the end credit scenes whenever you want. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. But um, I will just tell you, I think it's worth it. It's a it's a good film. And as far as like anyone who is worried about what's their reaction going to be with so much time has passed. Like does Natasha still get, get a good send off with this movie? I would say uh, yes. <laughs> and, and if anything, like I think it's just, it's just really impressive to me how, how good it was and how many people still wanted to see it and the support for the film. Um, you know, with everything that's happened the the last year and a half, and uh, ooh, now it puts it in like this position to where you go from Black Widow, who's a character who's been around since the beginning, since Phase One, and then now we get to see a brand new character in September in Shang Chi, yeah. and I think it's going to be a really good parallel. I, I read some article that was like, oh, well, will they be able to keep up? you know, keep the, the steam locomotive running. Uh, absolutely. Cause I, I can tell you now I'm not talking about a year and a half ago, but I'm, but like three weeks ago, I was more excited to see Sing Shang Chi and the legend of the 10 rings than black widow. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, that's going to be a, a big deal. And, um, I just think it's good. It's just going to be a, a good, action mix for for marvel to come up with next now what what i would what i'm kind of interested in is to see how the eternals goes over because that's a very that's a different headspace altogether right 
and, and and that's primarily because Avengers raised the bar so high, and that's what the Eternals have to live up to. Is it basically, you know, in reality, we should compare them more towards Inhumans than we should with Avengers. But you know, they're, Marvel's like, hey, no, this is our big big thing. This is our big team. So let's see where that lands. Um, and you know, like you were mentioning between the, the filler between Shang Chi and uh, Black Widow. One thing that, which I believe Marvel is doing great is they're giving us episodes, or Disney rather, Marvel, Disney, whatever. They're giving us episodes of shows to keep us entertained in between that time frame. You know, we're we're, we're all excited about what's going to happen with Loki. Uh, I'm not sure what's coming after that. Uh, or have they announced what's coming after Loki? They have. Uh, that's a good segue. It is What If, the animated version of What If. And that's going to be coming out, uh, I believe, September. Let me double check because they just did like a release, a release day type trailer. But of course, if you're not familiar with What If, I know you are, but like, and most comic fans are. What was What If probably started? Was that started early '80s, maybe even late '70s by Marvel? Uh, yeah, I, I think it would have been late '70s. You're right. It's late '70s, early '80s. Um, oh, and. And so basically it okay, so the show's coming out in August, and uh, I think season one's gonna be ten episodes, but they already have like basically any anyone's likeness from MCU that they use, they've got them signed on. So you have like the trailer that has Peggy Carter as Captain Carter. Yep. You know, which you know, voiced by Haley Atwell. So that's gonna be awesome. Um I think people are gonna really be blown away by that. Uh, and you never know how people are going to relate to animated shows. Correct. Because this is, you know, you've had kids shows going on for years while all the MCU stuff's going on, but you haven't really had any, like, shows aimed at adults who go to the, you know, and pay the tickets for the Avenger movies. But I think it's going to be a really good filler, if nothing else. Well, Invincible does it. Um, I know it's, it's not a Marvel-related, but Invincible is basically targeting adults it's not targeting any men i hope it's not targeting any kids oh i hope not <laughs> yeah i hope not wow um because yeah that's a good point that show is uh is crazy so what if won't be like that but i hope not <laughs> no but but that's what's coming after loki so oh and i just wanted to wrap up the the movie thing real quick by saying and this number was a little bit staggering to me, but when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that sounds right. So Black Widow was the 24th MCU movie to be released. $22 billion grossed by 24 movies since 2008. International gross. Um, $22 billion. <laughs> How much did they pay for Marvel? It was like 4 or $5 billion, if I remember correctly. At, at the time, yeah. And and that was before, you know, and, and the MCU started before they made that purchase and all that. Um, and if anyone cares, F9 did grab second place after being first for three weeks. And then Boss Baby 2, Forever Purge, and Quiet Place 2 rounded up the top five. But obviously, all the news on Black Widow. But yeah, $22 billion by the MCU. And they're just going to keep these things rolling. That, that's the thing is like, I don't know if Shang-Chi is going to open with 80 million and I certainly I think I think Shang-Chi is going to be more of an appeal than the Eternals because what I worry about is what you said they should be comparing them to the Inhumans. The Inhumans was a disaster. Yep. And and Black Bolt is my <laughs> is my favorite character in Marvel and uh what a disaster that show was. And I think they should have done, kept Inhumans for the big screen as opposed to what they try to do. I think that would have been a much better yeah. model for Inhumans than um, w how they did it. Um, and Sang-Chi, again, I don't know how many people think like I do, but in the back of my head, again, I, I did not dislike Iron Fist, but in the back of my head, it's still another version of Iron Fist. And until even the trailers make it seem like that. And until we get to, until I get to see the movie, I'm still going to have that stigma. It's like, Oh, this is just Iron Fist. So let's see where that goes. Um, let's see if it breaks that stigma. I, not, again, not saying Iron Fist was bad. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't great. But 
it wasn't the best uh, Netflix show they had, but I still enjoyed it. I enjoy, enjoyed it enough to watch every single episode. Um, look, those episodes were high quality. I think I think a lot of people had questions about the the cast uh, of the you know specifically the lead, and I also think Daredevil blew people away. And then Jessica Jones was probably the Jessica. People knew who Daredevil was uh, because there was that Ben Affleck movie, but but no one knew. And when I say no one, I understand we're in a bubble, right? I'll talk about like coworkers, your aunt, whatever. Unless your aunt's into comics, cool. But like no one knew who Jessica Jones was. And the admiration that people have for for that show was incredible. It's like right. you take an unknown character, kaboom, blow him up. Now we got the defenders. Now we're rolling. Luke Cage. I really liked Luke Cage, and I really enjoyed Mike Coulter's performance as Luke Cage. Uh, great, uh, you know, cast surrounded by that. I personally, what I would have done, I probably would have just rolled Iron Fist into Luke Cage and had heroes for hire. Yep. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think they all needed their own show. And honestly, I thought that's where they were headed with it as well. I yeah. thought they were going to try to make it a Heroes for Hire, but they did not. Um, and, you know, going back to what you said earlier, Alias or uh, Jessica Jones was a surprise, not just for people who didn't, who are not in the industry, but a lot of people in the industry did not. I mean, a lot of people did not know who Jessica Jones was. Uh, and yeah, you know, that took them for a surprise as well. Yeah, you know, for people like us, yes, you're right, absolutely. Yeah, but there's people in the comic book industry that you know, don't never picked up that book back when it came out. Yeah, and um, and it was also a different type of book. It was pretty intense. It I mean, was. That was under. Yeah, I mean that was under their. Um, was it Marvel Knights that that was under? It was under it was one Marvel, of their more, Marvel Knights. Might have been Max. It was one of their more mature yeah, exactly. uh, imprints. So you had that going on. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes on the film side. Now, on the TV side, which also sort of ties into this, um, Loki is just gangbusters. I mean, it's just, it's it's out there, man. And like, as far as, look, I think if I say Loki alligator, I'm not really giving spoilers because I, I I saw that they just released five character posters to promote, you know, the finale coming up yep. Wednesday and uh, Loki alligator is one of them. And they have, you know, Funko pop pre-sales at GameStop and Loki alligator is one of them. Yep. You know, it's like, what the, this is just nuts. This is crazy. Like we know that, that, they can merchandise the heck out of everything. We've seen that, but just for this show and, and yeah, you know, WandaVision, they had like Funko pops and Captain America winter soldier. They had Funko pops, but to the, to this extent with Loki alligator, just like on people's minds, like, Oh, everyone loves Loki alligator. Um, With the other two shows, um, we all knew who the characters were, so it wasn't too big of a surprise, and we didn't expect, yeah. you know. But with this, hey, what the heck is an alligator dressed like a Loki? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're they're doing a really good job of kind of pulling people into that idea of multiverse and how you know even though Lokis are in all these different planets and all these different dimensions there's still Lokis. So I think they're really kind of underwriting that to maybe show us that when they eventually do, because I think they're going to get to the point of showing us an alternate Tony Stark, regardless of what anyone involved says, it's probably going to happen. Same thing with uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. And there's always been rumors of like, oh, he's going to come back as Captain Hydra and blow people's minds. And that could happen. But Whatever they're doing right now, they're setting the blueprint for phase four. Correct. And uh, I just think that they're doing it in a wonderful way. Now, um, are you just having fun with Loki, or are you invested to the point where if you see episode six and it doesn't go the way you want, or if the head of the timekeepers isn't who you want, 
are you going to be upset? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't look at, especially, you know, Marvel movies. I don't look at it from that perspective. I look at it from the entertainment perspective, whether it's going to entertain me or not. Loki's entertaining me. Um, in fact, I think Loki would have been a great two hour movie if they just yeah. made a two hour. They would have made a lot of money off of that. I, the way it's written, the way it's being played out, it would have been a perfect two hour movie. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that. It's not, I think it's working as a television series as well, except for the fact that's frustrating. We have to wait for another one days to watch the finale. Yeah, they could have made more money off of it if they did make it a full movie. Um, and they could still do it, I guess. They can put it all together and say, "Hey, yeah, we're offering this as a Disney Plus." I don't know. I don't. Know. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 vested enough to watch it, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't disappoint me if they told me, hey, uh, all of this was done by the Frog Loki, you know. Frog Loki's a freaking... <laughs> <laughs> Fine, whatever. Um, and that's the thing is, like, you know, rumors ever since the casting for Kang, people were like, Kang, Kang. Just like they were for Mephisto. Like, oh, they're going to introduce Mephisto in WandaVision. No, because it's a TV show. Like, they're just not... I, I don't... Look, they're going all in with this, and they're spending a ton of money. And obviously, the MCU actors are cool jumping between the big screen and Disney+. Plus. I don't think they're going to introduce the next Thanos on a Disney Plus show. Right. I agree. Um, so, I think, well, there, there, there's a couple of crazy ways it could go. The, the biggest rumor I've heard, oh, it's going to be another Loki. Okay, that's obvious. That's yep. fine. I think if it was an alternate and you'd have to get the guy to sign off on it and you would have to keep it a secret, which you probably couldn't. Can you imagine if this is like an alternate Thor played by Chris Hemsworth that just wants to mess with his brother? Right. Or or even even more head gamey. What if it is Odin? What if it's Odin? (laughs) Played by uh, an alternate Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) The only reason I would say it's more of a Loki because it it, it is playing mind games with Loki right now, you know, or, right. or, or all the Loki. So that that's the only reason I would say it's another version of Loki. I don't think it would be Thor because Thor doesn't have that personality. At least, like you said, it could be an alternate person. It could be alternate Thor where Thor is actually the god of mischief and you know Loki from that uh, um, universe is a god of thunder. You never know. It's quite possible that could be it. Um, it could. It, it could be another version of uh, Morpheus, also. Oh, yeah. So. Um, and, and you know the uh, there's characters with ties to Kang that have popped up, and some people have said the statues look like Kang. I just don't think it's gonna. Here's what I think. This is sort of like a an easy out blanket um, prediction, but I think it's gonna be a character we've seen before. Now. And that and, and that it might be an alternate version of them. I don't think they're going to introduce a new character for this. True. Not not at this stage. If this was like episode six out of twelve, and we knew that that door opened and we were going to see them, maybe. But they're they're going to have maybe like fifty seven minutes to wrap this thing up. Yep. Probably. <laughs> so, um, but also, uh, so what if? you know, is going to be a filler, but the next show we have sort of in sequence, that's going to be Hawkeye, and that's going to be late fall. Yep. Just FYI. So, um, but anything else to add about Loki? I know we're kind of dancing around spoilers a little bit, but uh, is there is there anything else you want to see wrapped up in that last, the the sixth episode, minus uh, just, you know, who is the, the head... Of the I mean, I, yeah, I mean, outside, outside of the head, I would say I, I do want to see where they take that relationship. Yeah, relationship. I, I would like to see, I, you know, whether they. Part of me feels they might kill one of the two. Uh, you never know, just just because you know, uh, it would it would be a shocker if they do, or they might yeah. just they might uh, banish them to another universe or whatnot. It, it'd be interesting. I want to see how that ends up. Um, outside of knowing who the heck is behind it all. And the other thing is, they may not reveal who's behind it. They may just leave us guessing. Which... They might. And and, and the, the thing, the big unknown out of the entire series is we don't know what Marvel's futures for Tom Hiddleston are, and we don't know what his plans in the future are. 
I mean, this guy's like a Broadway actor. He can get any movie role he wants. Uh, so it's, and, and and that goes in line with, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, uh, any, Mark Ruffalo, any of them. Correct. So, so they don't have, they didn't sign a contract to all the fans saying, I have to amuse you the rest of my career. Like that did not happen. So I don't expect him to be Loki forever, but I do am curious because he is a variant now and because he's supposed to be dead. Right. So it's like, you can't really bring him back into continuity. And I haven't heard any rumblings of him being in, in Thor for and thunder. So. Correct. And also to add on to the business aspect of it, where Marvel basically announced they're not, they're no longer doing uh, multi-year multi-film contracts. So, you know, this could actually be the end for his uh, Marvel run as well, which we may not know about yet. Um, So we'll see, we'll see where they go with it. Um, Jumping back onto what if, uh, you know, we we basically started to describe it, but I don't think we actually did. Uh, What if was Marvel's way of, uh, basically telling a story different than what they what the original story was told. So, you know, what if Mary Jane was uh, Spider-Man or she becomes Spider-Man? So uh, that is another episode, uh, another episode, another TV show, which I'm very excited for. I want to see how they interpret all the different characters. So that, that'll be something really good to look forward to. Yeah, um, I, th- I know one aspect that people have been excited about since the trailer was first shown is the zombie universe. We're going to get yes. to see Marvel zombies. Marvel zombies. Um, but but what I'm kind of intrigued by now, and I didn't even think about this, because I was just like, oh, okay, what if? And, you know, because there's 30, 40 different events on the top of any comic reader's head that, that they've either done a what if on or they could do a what if on. Like, what if, like, a good example for the series would be, what if Frank Castle's family was never killed? Yep. What would happen? have done that story, I believe. Right. And uh, so, and we're going to see uh, one of the stories in the fourth Thor movie. What if Jane Foster picked up the hammer? Yep. So for anyone, uh, you know, someone's going to go, oh, they just had to have a girl Thor. It's like, dude, it's in, it's in this comic. Let me show you this yeah, comic right. from 1983 real quick. So, but, uh, and also the comic series, uh, you were correct, it did run from 77 to 84. And then, of course, had multiple volumes after that. But that's how far back it started, because by that point, Marvel had been, comics had been up and running for about, you know, well, 63 was Spider-Man's first appearance. So a good 14 years of beloved characters by that point. And so they just went back and started, you know, telling about alternate realities, introduced the Watcher. Maybe not introduced, but the watcher was like behind all the what if. That's how they were able to like see and, and tell the story. So, exactly. um, no, that, that it's going to be fun. And what I was going to say is, I'm interested in the spin they put on the MCU because they're going to take stories like, you know, how did this happen in the MCU? What if Thanos didn't get the stones, et cetera, et cetera, things like that. So, um, so yeah, that is going to be. Uh, a fun one and i love animation so i'm i'm just intrigued by that um what about comics what's going on in comics this week oh honestly i have not looked at what's on comics this week i'm uh, way behind on my stuff but let's see what uh, i have on my list uh aliens aftermath basically a follow-up story to what aliens was uh beyond now, the qu- question about aliens real quick because that was purchased by marvel correct so is this marvel comics yet or not yet it, it is marvel comics the last series that just came out was marvel oh it uh, was okay yeah. dark Har- i dark hark <laughs> i believe dark horse lost their license for it uh, and marvel has it now so it is it is currently marvel and, and but for now they've kept it its own thing because i remember when they got the rights to conan they were like put them in everything or whatever so yeah, I, I think uh, that might have actually backfired on them because it was, you know, everybody's like, why the heck is Conan joining everything? You know, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and yeah, so they, they have kept Aliens on its own. Um, I mean, in theory, they could, if Marvel wanted to, they can take Aliens and they can take Star Wars and they can put it all together in the Marvel Universe. But we've seen them from the in the past where they have tried not to integrate some of the other properties they bought, uh, like uh, CrossGen. I think... I personally was a huge CrossGen, and I believe Ms. Jen was as well, a CrossGen fan. Uh, and I was really hoping that they would bring it into the Marvel Universe. They could have done really amazing things with it. 
and they never did. And uh, you know, I, the same thing with Malibu Comics when they purchased Malibu Comics, they didn't really integrate all the characters into their regular lineup. Um, so they may just keep Aliens as a separate property. I mean, it's just they really don't need to integrate it any any more than they did in the past. Because in the past, Marvel did do Alien comics as well, if I remember correctly. Um, so they don't have to really do anything much with Aliens. I would love to see it, though. I would love to see an Alien versus, uh, you know, Iron Man crossover. It would be nice. But I, I don't see if that's going to get anywhere. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Beyond the Breach from Aftershock, uh, that looks pretty interesting. That's on my poll list. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if you're a Buffy fan, there's another series, uh, Tea Time. Ooh, let's see. I have a lot of books that came in damaged previously that are in my list that are coming back. I'm like, dang, <laughs> these came out a while back. Yeah. Um, you know, Marvel's doing this thing called uh, Black, White, and Red, or Black, White, and Blood, or whatever. You know, they're they're basically doing Black and White uh, of a lot of their series. Carnage, Black, uh, White, and Blood, last part of that comes out this week. Uh, Department of Truth, number nine, looks very interesting. Um, Die, I don't know if you've ever followed Die. I'm, I've also followed, fallen way behind on it, but I'm still collecting it. It's still on my pull list. That's uh, The next chapter comes out on that. Oh, uh, what else is exciting? I'm trying to. Uh, uh, ooh, haha ha ends. Haha um, ha was a six-part uh, series which ends this uh, this week as well. Uh, Mamo from no, that was in the last week, I believe, wasn't it? Was Mamo last week or this week? I forgot. Mamo from. Uh, uh, Oh my God, Boom Studios, interesting read as well. Never, never is something which I think a lot of people would have uh, probably overlooked. Uh, it's by a company called Virus, I believe Virus Five or Virus. I forgot what it is, what the company is called. But Never, Never looks like a very interesting horror book. Um, it, it might be one I might just pick up to read and see where it goes um, because I don't think anybody else is uh, picking it up. Uh, beyond that, everything's just, you know, oh, uh, Sinister Wars. Uh, it's a Spider-Man crossover that comes out this week. Uh, it starts this week as well. Uh, there's some cool uh, DC books out as well, but I don't have them on my list right now. There, uh, It seems like, the at least with the big two, there's no huge summer event going on. Um, yeah, I think they're they're looking for extreme carnage. It's supposed to be the Marvel's big event. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure when that starts. And I believe Sinister Wars is the the you know the it's a four part crossover in Amazing Spider Man. They do that every summer anyway. But yeah, nothing nothing huge like Civil War or anything like that. Nothing that I can see. Um, no, yeah. I. And <clears throat> if you, I know you're on the West Coast, and I'm over in the Houston area. So if you'll humor me. I'm just going to do a short preview of Comic Palooza here. Oh, heck um, yeah. But, uh, you know, shout out to Kyle, but he would probably uh, not like their comic lineup uh, because there's only five comic guests, just five, for a comic con. And we talked about that. I know you guys probably talked about it when I wasn't here uh, on a couple of shows, but just like from an exhibitor's perspective, uh, versus, you know, I guess pop culture fan or, or whatever you want to call the the average person that's going to these things. It's all about the guest, right? And, uh, you know, but I am in this weird place where it's like I want everyone to do well. So I want my coworkers to know who's coming to Comic Palooza, but I also want people to be able to, be able to have people to sell comics to. Yep. So it's sort of like this weird place, but and, – and also we're in this – we're in this hybrid reality where it's like, okay, we're going to have a comic con, I guess. Cause it's just like, it's just like, uh, okay, if you're not scared, come in here with a whole bunch of people. All right. Right. Um, so it's, I honestly did not think they were going to get the names that they got because I mean, I guess just like anyone else, these actors and actresses were like, well, might as well get back out there. But it's going to be very surreal. We're going to try to get up there and get some footage for you guys next week. But uh, it's uh, but just 
it won't take long to go over the comic artists and uh, oh, slash exhibitors and uh, Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman. So that's the big one. And then we have uh, Ariel Diaz, who's done a lot of cover work. Uh, Matt Hawkins from Top Cow. And then actually the fifth one, I don't know if he's done a comic, but it's Ming Chen from Comic Book Men. So definitely uh, belongs in the comic category, but I'm not sure if Ming Chen has written or drawn a comic. Um, yeah, I don't think but, those guys are big names anyway. They're not going to pull in any audiences. <laughs> who, who, Donny Cates and Stegman? Yeah, or, you know... Uh, those guys aren't uh nobody's ever heard of these guys <laughs> what, what's crazy is that they had this event for it was like a hundred bucks you get a, an exclusive stegman print five things signed you get like a private well private with a sense of like 100 people q a it sold out before i even knew it existed yeah so yeah uh their their tables are gonna be insanity Luckily, I've met them before. Um, I mean, if we can get an interview with them, that'd be awesome. But other than that, uh, you won't even be able to get to their tables, probably. Uh, so that's the uh, the comics. That's a pretty small group. But that's small. You know, we, we've talked about this before, but I, I think those names right there, those uh, five uh, guests, might have enough of a pull to bring in enough, you know, a lot of people. But they're not occupying the entire entire floor. They're not right. taking over everything. And this might be a good opportunity where those five bring in the people that are going to be, you know, there for them, and they're going to go shopping with all the vendors. I think it might actually work out better than having, you know, thirty big name guests that are going to occupy the entire thing and have lines going down to, you know, ten miles away, and nobody can ever shop, and all the vendors are upset about it. Well, but I guess what I, my concern is that the celebrities are sort of like top heavy over the the comic guests. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we got four Mandalorians. Ooh. Uh, so yeah, Giancarlo Esposito, who I've had the uh, pleasure of meeting, and he's awesome. Uh, he the, the guy is just a national treasure, really. Uh, we got Katie Sackhoff. Carl Weathers and Ming Na Wen. So, nice. pretty four pretty big uh, guests. We also have Danny Trejo and Ron Perlman, who are men among men, right? Just they could just be like, I'm. What are you? I'm a man. Okay. Ron Perlman, Danny Trejo. That's gonna be awesome. We have Zach and Slater, Mario Lopez, and Mark Paul Gosseler. Nice. And we have the head. The spoilers. Spoilers, the current head of Cobra Kai and Netflix Cobra Kai, Martin Cove. What a great, what a great villain, <laughs> that guy. And then uh, from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and many other things each, we have uh, Tati Gabriel and Gavin Leatherwood. Uh, and then from the DC Arrowverse, we have David Ramsey and Dominic Purcell, and then some people's favorite Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum. Nice. I, I really do. I have a few friends that he is absolutely their favorite Lex Luthor from from uh, Smallville. So Agreed. Uh, now, I think it's a good... You don't have anyone that's going to cost 200 bucks for autograph, and as a collector, that's what I like. <laughs> and uh, now as far as... and. And I think I made this joke uh, a few weeks back, but like you don't have Chris Hem Hemsworth, who's you know landing in Houston and walking into that convention center would create like a vortex where everyone would leave the shopping floor. <laughs> so, and, and it and it also seems to be spread out. I think one good thing they did, um, it's a two day convention, which is different for them. They used to go four days, and sometimes they've even gone like. I think there was one year they went five or sometimes they go into the, the Memorial Day um, where they'll go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But this time what they did is they put like the stars I mentioned, they put the more prominent panels at the end of the day on Saturday and Sunday. And I think that's good because it's going to, you know, people will be shopping up until that point. 
and then probably be shopped out and ready to sit down. And I think that's better than having it like midday and taking them away from the floor and then them going, oh, I'm tired and hungry now. I'm just going to go home instead of go spend money with these vendors. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think I think it's going to be good for all sides, though. What, what, if, if you were going to buy a table at that show, would, would you think that that's a, a good enough mix? Like, I got your opinion on the comic, but would any of those celebrities, like, scare you off as far as, like, oh, no, everyone's going to be over there the whole time, so I'm not going to sell anything? Um, not necessarily. I, I still, you know, and this is, I just want to uh, circle back to something you had said earlier, is, uh, you know, those celebrities charging for the autograph. Uh, in my opinion, at least, if a comic book convention is asking a celebrity to come in, I think they should cover the cost of that. Because you are charging the attendees uh, to come in and do it. And having them pay addition for an autograph from their, you know, maybe maybe make the first one free, no matter what. And then, you know, if you want to get additional, have the celebrity charge more. But as far as charging for autographs, I think it's getting way, way, way out of hand. I think people are charging way too much more than they should be. Uh, with that said, um, it only depends on the size of the convention. If it's San Diego Comic Con and that's the only lineup, I'll be like, yeah, great. Where's going to people shopping with me? If it's a local, small, uh, you know, 300 people showing up convention, I think it might be too many people. Well, one interesting point you bring up, uh, and have you ever been to Houston or been to this show? I have never been to that show, so okay. attendance like us. So it's in the George R. Brown, which is in between Toyota Center and Minute Maid. So right in between where the Rockets play and the Astros play. Okay. Very desirable location to get down there. And they're trying to build it up around to put more restaurants and activities and stuff. But so typically this thing has 60,000 people. Like pre-COVID, like the previous three years, I think it was like 45, then 55, then 60 um, and they had the entire convention center, which is five halls, A to E. Oh, wow. Huge, huge place. So you bring up an interesting point. Like, I wonder how many halls this is going to be in. Because if if I'm going during, uh, you know, we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> and uh, even though a lot of people have been vaccinated, including myself, it's like, well, I would still prefer there to be spread out if possible. Right, absolutely. But I, but I don't know if the city is going to cut them a deal to go, hey, I want everyone to be safe. Just have all five halls for the price of three. Because I don't see that happening. They might be like, well, you can have two halls for this price because we got a bridal shower, a gun show, and a, a hot tub convention. Because everyone wants to go outside now. Right. <laughs> so I just think... It, it's one of those places where there can be one convention taking up the whole thing, there can be one convention taking up half the thing, or there could be five conventions taking a hall each. Yeah. So exactly. that's the part I don't know. And uh, you bring up a good idea. I should probably check uh, the convention center's website and see what's going on this weekend so I'm not, like, shell-shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll find out this weekend, of course. You'll be there. Yeah, uh, but it would... Uh, I hope it's spread out. That would be that would be awesome. Yep, I agree. Um, if nothing else, just for the safety concern, just just make it. You know, don't don't pack everybody into one freaking hall. That that'd be yeah. But but also like even without the you know the concern of COVID or the variants, it's like I don't know if I ever want to be in a place where I'm just like touching other people's sweat as I brush by. Yeah. That was one of the, you know, again, there's many reasons for me no longer going to San Diego. And that was one of them where we are so freaking packed together like box of sardines. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it just gets to the point where like, hey, well, you know, I can be, you know, I can be doing better things than just hanging around here waiting in lines with you guys. Uh, yep. Uh, well, Brainy, I appreciate uh, we got uh, this through this together as a, a two man tag team. So uh, do you got anything else? looking forward to this week or anything no, else just, you want to touch on uh nothing spectacular i mean yeah, as far as um for those people that are out there that do magic the gathering you said drops this week as well so you know let's see how that goes oh wow okay uh like it's how long has magic the gathering been out has it been 30 years Nin now 1993 so okay so approaching the 30th almost exactly wow okay <laughs> Well, I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, people playing Magic the Gathering at Comic Palooza. But, yeah, again, we're going to try to get out there and earn news now. 
and put together a package for y'all next week. Uh, Brandy, thank you so much uh, again, and thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by Space Cadets Collection Collection, and The Adventure Begins Comics and Games. Check out other shows on Woodlands Online like Taste Buds, Music Cafe, The Adventure Begins Show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Weekly Fallout Sports Talk, and Between the Trees Business Talk. You can watch us and all these on Woodlands Online on our partner station, KBQT HD21, over the air on your television, and also on Roku. Just add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup, and you can listen to the podcast version of Nerd News Now on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now. <laughs>